name is Sherry Wilson, and I'm here to fill your ears with the best business content I can give you while you work out, commute, clean your house. Anything to help you work your biz like a boss. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. I do a lot of mentoring, a lot. And in the course of mentoring everyone from teenagers to adults to singles to married, I've seen something in every single case that I want to talk about today. But let me give you an example first. I want to take you inside my process with a story. The Christmas decor disaster. So a couple, we'll call them, what, Tom and Jill maybe? They started a simple chore of getting all of the Christmas decorations down from the attic area of their barn. And things seemed to be going fine They had a nice system going with all the family chipping in until suddenly Tom got frustrated and he threw two things down on top of a box that had fragile items in it. Now, thank goodness none of the fragile items were harmed, but what did happen is it kicked off an argument between Tom and Jill. So fast forward to my office where I'm now sitting with Tom. I've already heard the one spouse's side, that, that would be Jill. Now it's time to hear the other side. So I asked him to take me through what happened, which, by the way, he had already apologized quickly after the episode, and he even put the, the decorations in the garage where she had always wanted them to be located. He said everything was fine. You know, they're doing the Christmas decorations. And then all of a sudden, he was just frustrated, and he felt disrespected. Now, as I'm listening to people when I mentor them, I'm always taking note of any heightened emphasis on words or repetitive words and phrases, and then also personality triggers, which is my wheelhouse. I usually know the personalities of everyone I'm mentoring, so I know what to look for and what to help them in. So frustration and respect were standing out to me when he was telling me the story and I asked him to go back to the decor disaster and try to remember when he first started feeling frustration. Frustration, just real quick, is it's like a pressure cooker on the inside. You can feel it building. It just like a storm is starting to brew in your emotions. As he went back, we were able to connect the frustration with the realization of how cluttered the barn was overall. And as each box after box after box of decorations were coming out of the attic, he said it just felt like there was too much, in his words, crap in his barn, and that his family just put things wherever they feel like. Now, he admitted that he does this too, But then he said it just felt disrespectful. Now, again, this is in spite of the fact that he does the same thing. He just puts stuff wherever. And then out of frustration, he said that he gently threw, not sure how that happens, the two items into the box sparking the strife. Now, he's a D, I'm a D. So after I very straightforwardly pointed out the obvious hypocrisy of his frustration of everyone else leaving their, quote, crap everywhere when he did the same thing, we then dove into the idea of disrespect. Why did it feel like disrespect? We were able to nail down 
um, number one, his personality. D personalities interpret most things through a lens of respect. In fact, respectful, straightforward communication is a D's communication trust currency. So he interpreted his family putting their stuff wherever they pleased as a disrespect for his known wishes. While it was obvious, they interpreted his putting his stuff wherever as permission to do the same. So it doesn't end there, though. This bit of insight was very helpful to him. He could see that, you know, as the boxes kept, you know, coming out and he was like, man, why do we have so much Christmas decoration you know, stuff. I mean, how much, you know, Christmas decoration stuff do people need? Which he loves when the house is decorated, but just the overwhelm of all of this stuff was really getting to him, as well as the fact that he had offered to help and then he realized how big of a job it was and now his freedom to do what he wanted to do that day was being threatened. But it, it you know, again, didn't end there. He said... Uh, because I want to be helpful, you know, when I mentor people. And so I was like, okay, is this helpful as going through and breaking things, things down? He said, yeah. He said that he never really stopped to ponder why he would do and say certain things, even when he knew he shouldn't or he should stop. So I explained to him what I want you to take away today. And that is this. Are you listening? When your reaction to something or someone doesn't match the air quote crime, there's something else going on. So let me now take you into a story from my own life. When I was about 13, my stepmother and I moved to Childress, Texas from Odessa, and it was a difficult time. She was my dad's third marriage, and uh, things just weren't well. They you know, tried to work it out. It wasn't working it out. So my grandfather came and got my dad and brought him uh, to New Mexico. And you know, he left me with her because he felt that I needed a mother, which that happened a couple times. It was always a disaster. And uh, in this case, though, I was like fine moving to Childress because I, I had a boyfriend there already. Uh, I was sad and angry about another failed marriage. And quite frankly, I didn't like my stepmother at the time. And I didn't understand why I had to go with her. Uh, With her drug use and alcoholism, it didn't make for good times. I can tell you that much. When we moved to Childress, I pretty much rebelled. I mean, I snuck out all the time. I smoked marijuana. I drank myself, you know, underage. I'm only like, you know, between 13 and 15, I think. Um, I got in fistfights with her. And I just genuinely hated her and a lot of other people. Well, we were living with her parents at the time in this house I absolutely love and have fabulous memories in, even to this day. And uh, and then after, you know, seeing how bad things were going, her mother and dad moved her into a rental. And then I got to stay there until my dad came and picked me up and moved me to New Mexico. What was interesting is the minute she moved out, I straightened right up. And I love my step-grandparents, even to this day, even though I haven't seen them for probably eight, nine years. In fact, my step-grandfather has passed away. Now, fast forward 30-plus years. It's, uh, let's see, I think three years ago. So we're probably looking at 2018, possibly. And we had just uh, rented a building uh, for our church. And... 
I was uh, by myself up at the building. It's cute. It still is. It's a cute little place. It doesn't even look like a church, which I wanted. I didn't want it to look churchy. And uh, we painted the walls a real pretty golden, uh, like wheat color. And I was painting the trim white. And I was touching up some of the areas that had gotten dinged. And I'd just gotten done, and I went into the storeroom to put the paint away before going into the restroom to wash my paintbrush. I walk into the storeroom, and I stop, because all of a sudden, I have this feeling of overwhelming sadness. I mean, the kind of sadness that will take your breath away. Because of all the emotional intelligence work I've done through the years, I knew it wasn't normal. I was fine a few minutes ago. Uh, There was nothing that would have made me sad. I was enjoying myself, listening to music. So I stood in the storeroom and I started praying while at the same time asking myself, what is going on? Suddenly it hit me. I was back at my step-grandparents' house in Childress, Texas because the storeroom smelled just like their home. So the smell triggered an emotional response that came out of nowhere. That's what I'm talking about. There was no reason for me to react. There was no reason for me to be going through that. It had to be something else. Now, what would have happened if I didn't stop to analyze? I might have been sad for days. So the minute I recognized what was going on, that shift, that strong reaction, I was able to acknowledge it. I was able to acknowledge what was going on and move on. I mean, When I thought about this, as I was writing this uh, transcript, I was like, man, how many people think that a current emotional state is based on current circumstances when actually it's from the past? How many are interacting with others like peers and their spouse and children, etc., based on past experiences? And it's causing overreactions and broken relationships. So let me say it again. If there's one thing you walk away from, it's this, or walk away with, it's this. If your reaction to something or someone doesn't match the so-called crime or offense, there's something else going on. And wisdom is to stop and to pause and to ask questions. Now, there's one more thing that I want to dive into that I did with this gentleman named Tom. Of course, these are pseudonyms. And that was, there was a lot of reaction going on in his marriage versus responding. And he walked away with an awareness of how his personality interprets, you know, things from our conversation and how past issues might be influencing his perceptions. But we also dive dove into core values. So let me tackle that for a second. Core values are the inherent values you live by. So for example, mine are honesty, integrity, and my faith. So honesty is my being honest with others and others being honest with me. Integrity is being the same person, whether in private or public, and doing what I say I will do. And then faith is my faith in God, and it's a filter through which I make all of my decisions, and these are good things. Some core values are formed through good family dynamics growing up and experiences, and others are a response to poor family dynamics and experiences growing up. For example, the honesty core value that I have was formed because my stepmother, the same one, 
accuse me all of the time of lying. And I wasn't. So finally, I decided, well, if that's what you think I am, a liar, then that's what you're going to get. And I became very, very good at it. Now, I can't lie to save my life. The irony of it and the injustice, by the way, hypocrisy is something I despise, is that she lied all the time. So thank goodness she's not that person anymore, and thank goodness I'm not that person anymore. No judgment where she's concerned. She did the best she could, and hurting people do indeed hurt people. But I'm sure you can see that being accused of lying all the time and being lied to could create a high core value of honesty. Here's where things can get sticky. If someone accuses me of lying, which can be as simply as doubting what I'm saying, even if they're innocently doing it, I can feel anger. I can get mad about that. Or if I feel someone is lying to me, I don't trust them ever. Neither of these reactions are good because people do change over time. What if they lied before, but now they don't do that anymore? Well, I've cut that person off. Now, the other side of it is I'm going to hold them at a distance and, you know, recognize that they may not be truthful and be smart, but you have to learn. I have to learn to respond versus reacting. So it doesn't mean that when someone lies to me that their value as a human is diminished. It's just that I need proper boundaries. So I would highly encourage you to monitor your emotional state and ask questions. Know your core triggers. Usually you live by at least three of them. Question the thoughts you have. Question the emotions you feel. Don't take them at face value. Now, some of them are the result of legitimate bad acts against you. But even then, how you respond is within your power. No one should control your emotional state but you. And if you're a person of faith, Jesus can help you do that even more. Now, speaking of Jesus... I want you to go to, and this may sound like an oxymoron because I'm about to um, say the word H-E double hockey sticks, but I want you to go to yourhellyeahlife.com. And basically the idea behind this is if it's not a hell yeah, it's a hell no. That means you are going to live the life you were destined to live with joy. And so me and Coach Greg, if you listen to my other podcast that we host together called Healing Communities, Healing Business, we've been talking about this coaching intensive for the last several weeks. It is life-changing. It's a game-changer. These are our students' words, not our own. We teach three things you can do now that will change your life. It's the art of self-change, guys. And I wanted to do this since 2016. I had it in my business planner. And every time I'd pray about it or I'd take steps to maybe develop it, it never worked until God sent Coach Greg. And once we partnered up, it has been, you know, just moving forward ever since and changing people's lives. And so I'd highly encourage you, go check it out. There is an investment, but the investment in yourself will pay tremendous dividends. If you're tired of being the same person you are today and you see yourself as a different person next year, you need to sign up for this coaching intensive. We have online and in-person options that is yourhellyeahlife.com. I love taking quizzes and I love making quizzes. And I've developed a quiz just for introverts. Us introverted entrepreneurs can have a rough time. 
starting that combo, pitching our product or service, and networking in a way that produces more business can be nerve-wracking and it can be overwhelming. But did you know that there are actually four introvert types? I had no idea until I began to research it. And from that research, I developed the Introvert Flavor Quiz. You'll learn which type of introvert you are, how you connect best with clients, how you best conduct business, and more. So head over to sherryannwilson.com forward slash introvert dash flavor dash quiz and find out your introvert flavor. I hope today's podcast gave you some actionable wisdom that you can do immediately for your business. I've got a lot more free training on my website at sherryannwilson.com. Sherry with an I and with an E. But before you go, please leave a kind review of this podcast. It's like giving me a hug in podcast world. Work Your Biz Like a Boss is a Mr. Joseph production. What do you think, Joseph?